We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dynasty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dice Straightcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire and BetOnline.ag. We are just a few days away from the NFL Draft. By the time you're hearing this, it'll probably be the day before the NFL Draft or the day of the NFL Draft. Or maybe you're listening to it on a Friday and you're hungover. One of those things, you're listening to the Dice Straightcast uh, on Rotoviz Radio, and you are enjoying it because it is rookie draft week, and it... For this week, we'll be talking rookies and sophomores. But uh, before we get into that, I need to talk, tell you that Dan's not here. Dan uh, has lots of work and lots of children, about 18 of them. And so joining me is uh, Justin Peak, our editor slash uh, guest fellow. And I've, I feel like you haven't been on a while, Justin. Yeah, I think it's been like a month or two. I've been uh, I've been pretty crazy busy with work too. So it's probably probably best that I haven't been on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, we're glad that you're here this week, and we're glad that we're going to get into our rookie-slash-sophomore uh, draft going on. But before we do that, talk to you guys about our friends, ourselves, Rotoviz and Rotoviz Radio. If you listen to Rotoviz Overtime, you'll have heard Sean and Cole mention that they are almost at 100 episodes of the show. To mark the occasion, the Rotoviz Radio Podcast Network is giving away 10 one-month subscriptions to rotoviz.com. If you're already subscribed, we'll add it to your subscription. 
If you aren't signed up, you'll get a one-month subscription. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. And when one of the upcoming podcast tweets at the Rotoviz Radio Twitter feed, more retweets equal more entries. And don't forget, you can get 10% off Rotoviz NFL Pass with, with rotoviz.com slash podcast. And, of course, it supports the pod, the hosts, the editors, all that awesome stuff. I did mention before we started recording, Justin, that this is around the time where I, I put a plea to the Internet. And I said, dear Internet. We've lost Eric Burt's laugh to other things, and I don't want to edit the podcast. So will somebody, anybody out there, edit the podcast? And there was one person. We had one person say that they were willing to edit the podcast. That was one Justin Peake, and that's why he's here today. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty pretty rough application process, uh, and it was you know a grind to be able to make sure that I got accepted, but I, I'm glad to have been able to get the opportunity uh, to, to be able to edit and join the team. Uh, it's been fun. Can't believe it's been a year. Can't there believe it's go. only been a year. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, time, time's crazy, especially current times, but You're right. So t- we're going to do our rookie sophomore draft. And uh, I noticed uh, midway through this week that this was two episodes last time. So we're going to basically try and do what the one whole episode and then squeak, squeak in the results of the second half at the end. So uh, this is going to be combining the 2019 and 2020 rookie classes. We're going to go with single quarterback format because halfway through making the draft, Justin asked, are we doing single quarterback or super flex? Thus, we made it single quarterback. So <laughs> this is a single quarterback draft uh, between 2019 and 2020. And we'll basically give our pick why we think they're the top pick available at that stage. And then we'll just go through it. So with the first pick, the 2019-2020 rookie pick draft, I select... A.J. Brown, Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown obviously had the best uh, rookie season. I mean, I guess you could kind of debate with Jacobs a little bit, but I would say definitely had the best wide receiver season and had the best dynasty season launching value from, you know, probably like a fifth, fourth round starter pick to probably being a second round rider in most leagues. So he's definitely gained the most value, and he's the guy who I think is the number one valued asset uh, between you know, these two classes, I think that Tan Hills continue have him as a wide receiver one. And I don't think that the Titans are adding it too much in the draft that will be a threat to Brown. I think that, that if they add anything in the draft, it's a threat to Corey Davis, of course. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think what we saw from A.J. Brown in year one is we'll see more of it in, in year two and three as he continues to develop at the wide receiver position. And he's young. He came in as a young rookie, I believe, at 21 years old. And, you know, he's got that quarterback in Tannehill at the sign of the extension. So. I, I like what I what I see from AJ Brown the next few years. All right, can't argue with that. He definitely, for for sure, was the highest gain in value. Like you said, you know, Jacobs definitely was uh, had a great season, but he was already kind of expected to do that. Uh, AJ Brown was the biggest surprise, so launched himself for sure. I'm gonna go with the second pick with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's pretty much the consensus for this uh, this rookie class. Obviously, uh, in a couple of days that could change depending on where he, where he falls. But uh, tested well, uh, as long as you're not too concerned with uh, the workload he's already had in college and uh, the Wisconsin curse, then um, yeah, the Wisconsin curse is dead. They've had Melvin and James White and <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they had uh, Monty Ball, too, and, yeah, yeah um, they've had some good ones, but, yeah, it definitely 
it's hard to tell when you've got such a good uh, offensive line in front of you in college to really gauge whether his success was from that. But he really can't argue that he was quite successful. So um, you know, the baseline is that he's probably going to be that good behind good offensive lines too. So as long as he goes to a good one, then uh, should be should be a great rookie season for him. So that's where I'm looking. Yeah, I, I think that my one fear going into the rookie of the NFL draft is that the NFL might not like Taylor quite as much as we do. And if it's a separation of like if Swift goes 25 and then Taylor doesn't go to the late second, that would cause me to make the flip there. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where he goes. But I'm I mean, I'm honestly I'm hoping as a Bucks fantasy. Oh, I did, I did forget to talk Gronk, uh, but the Bucks added Gronk. Um, that doesn't really mean anything for Dynasty. If you're if you can sell Gronk for a second, take a second. Uh okay ingredients with that yes yes he's shaking his head yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but yes taylor uh i'm honestly hoping that he goes early in the second round to one, one of the you know more attractive spots like indy or tampa um or maybe the chiefs or uh ravens trade back but <sighs> i agree if we're doing this draft right now i think taylor is the second guy off the board and number three i'm going to go with deandre swift because i do think that he has some bit of safety in his draft position. I don't think, I don't see him flipping past like 35 ish, which should make him, you know, the third most valuable asset in, in this group. And, you know, he's going to get a lot of carries in year one and he's going to be set up to be a RB one for the next few years. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Uh, and he definitely is going to be, going to be one of those that really can launch himself if he goes in, into the right spot, just with him kind of having a better, better feel for both sides of the game uh, with the running and uh, catching that he can, uh, if he goes into an offense, that's going to actually use him for that. Then he probably will very easily could end up leapfrogging Taylor uh, to become the one-on-one. But yeah. And, and this kind of reflects like what we, we considered Josh Jacobs a weak RB one last year. Yes. He went in the first round of the NFL draft, but I don't think anyone was saying Josh Jacobs generational running back, Mm. Which weirdly they're kind of saying about Taylor and 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 Swift, but they're not really getting that draft capital hype as far as like you know mock drafts that are going on. But I do think that both Swift and Taylor are easily better prospects than, than Jacobs. And the only argument you could make for Jacobs would be the fact that he's shown some success in the NFL. But uh, who do you have with your next pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, another kind of surprise wide receiver from last year, DK. Um, although he really wasn't that much of a surprise, uh, he just kind of looked like he was gonna be great, and then he ran that three cone, and everybody started getting worried about him. And then he ended up showing in the actual NFL season that he can uh, run more than just a straight line. So uh, proved himself pretty well. So uh, I am happy to to go ahead and grab him at four. Yeah, I, I honestly think that this might be the end. Of, like, I, the, Honestly, these tiers at the top are actually really tight. But I would say this is kind of where, like, if I had the 101, I would be fine trading to the 104 in this hypothetical draft and taking Metcalf versus or versus Brown or, or the the running backs. I think that all, th- all four of these guys are extremely close. Not saying the next guys aren't, aren't close, but I can find more nicks and cuts with the, the next few guys than I can with those four. Yeah, I'll agree with that for sure. Uh, I think you're you're pretty safe with any of these four. Uh, where yeah, there's definitely a little bit more of, I guess not really necessarily risk, but there's there's a couple of guys that are still somewhat safe, especially you know like like you said with uh, 
some of the sophomores that already have proved it in uh, a bit in the NFL, but it definitely, you know, just that, that generational, that, that, you know, talent over situation. Uh, he's definitely, uh, these, these four have a lot of that. Like I said, the other, a lot of the other guys uh, just aren't either aren't nearly as talented or, you know, they proved it, but in a really good situation, uh, these four just already have that, that natural, you know, skill you can see on the field. And with the next pick, I will go with C.D. Lamb, a guy who I expect to go top 13 in the NFL draft uh, on Thursday. And honestly, the landing spots aren't great. Like, I, honestly, I don't think the Niners are a great landing spot anymore. Jimmy G's that bad. Uh, Darnold, I love my boy Darnold, but still a little concerned about that. Um, and then the Raiders, I think the Raiders are the worst of those three. And I don't really consider any of those three landing spots great. But I will take Lamb here because I, I do think that he has – uh, of the players left, he has the first-round startup type ceiling. The, the guy who I could see being taken out the eighth overall pick in 2021 startups. So I'm, I'm big on Lamb and his upside, and uh, that's why I'll take him here. Yeah, can't argue with that. Again, one of those that the situation could definitely be uh, not great, uh, but he does still have at least uh, you know a good deal of talent there, and definitely with the draft capital, it's ex- expected. It's uh, solid pick. Uh, I'll go ahead and go Jacobs here. I was kind of alluding to him earlier that he's one of those that definitely had a, a good situation last year, and but he did prove that in that situation he actually did well. So, um, you know, got a little bit of uh, safety there that uh, he's probably going to maintain that situation and you would think uh, maintain the ability to keep up and, and score in the points. The odd thing with Jacobs is that he entered the NFL with – he was the pass catching back at Alabama, and they just didn't use him in that facet in, in Oakland slash Las Vegas in year one. I guess it was just Oakland, okay. but now it's Las Vegas, uh, potentially, and that might not get delayed too. Uh, but, yeah, w- with Jacobs, I think he's fine. I don't think he's ever going to be in my top five dynasty running backs. I don't think I'm ever going to you know, consider him a guy that like is going to put up 25 points a game or anything like that. But but he's good. Like He he has one of the safer floors of the guys on this list because he's been a first-round pick already. He's had a successful rookie season. And those things buy him like three or four seasons of RB1 you know, touches at least. Yeah. He definitely, like I said, I mean, that first-round capital and everything – Definitely helps just to cement that. If he can end up getting, I mean, obviously he has, they didn't use him that way, but he does have that pass catching ability. Uh, so he does still have some upside too to uh, actually grow from uh, his rookie season to uh, you know, become more of that third down back too and just take over more. Another guy who kind of broke out towards the end of his rookie season is Miles Sanders. Uh, and that's what I'm going to take with this pick. I, I think that he has, you know, not the, quite the floor of Jacobs, but I think he has a higher ceiling as well. Uh, that, that Eagles offense, I go back and forth. Some one one week I'll hate the Eagles offense, one, one week I'll love it. But Sanders would be a reason to love it. Uh, he, he looked really good towards the end of the season, and that was with you know the mess happening at quarterback in Philadelphia. So I I think that he, he he's a solid value at, at this selection. And I think that he is, you know, a low-end RB1 in Dynasty right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think he's right there in a in the tier uh, with with Jacobs that 
really either one of them that would have fallen to me here uh, I would have been happy with and I could have traded down to your pick and, <laughs> and been fine with that but and who do you have with your next pick I'll take Akers at Florida State uh, just too much uh, athleticism and you know his coming out of college the the potential and how highly recruited he was uh, and then you know showed it there in college like I said I don't know that he's as you know shown as much talent on that field as uh, like the like Swift and, and Taylor but um, you know he definitely looks like he could be uh, like still has that skill level so you know if he gets the right opportunity then I'm gonna be happy with with this pick at number eight yeah I I, I think acres is solid here I, I I think that he has the highest upside of any player that's left on the board here uh, long term. He could also be a, a RB1, RB1 top 12 running back in Dynasty pretty quickly. Uh, and, you know, you just see what he did in a bad situation at Florida State. Like, he's not going to have a worse line in the NFL than he had at Florida State. So, you know, he's just going to see that green grass and actually run with it this time. So, yeah, I, I like what I see from Akers. The only knock would be that there's going to be some guys we take in a few picks from now that are probably going to go a little bit higher in the NFL draft. And that would be the only thing, especially Mr. Draft Capital, Nathan. But I think the upside with acres is so high that, that he is worth uh, this selection. And with the next pick, a guy who many might argue will not be worth the selection, but I don't care because I'm Nathan <laughs> and I'm making this pick. I am selecting the one Oh one from last year. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, obviously, at this point in rookie season between the injuries and Tom Brady's arm breaking. And then for some reason, the Bucks are Super Bowl favorites or whatever. Uh, but Nikhil Harry, I, I think that he's going to have a huge bounce back uh, sophomore season. I think that a lot of the guys that have been taken ahead of him could get outscored by Harry if, if he gets the targets. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Harry guy still. Uh, I'm a big Harry guy. Um, <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> you are that. It, it, uh, just, Justin, uh, I know I know you listened to the podcast. Uh, you didn't mention my beard, which Dan has mentioned like <laughs> the last eight episodes. Nathan, your beard. Nathan, your beard. Um, I feel but, like he's painted enough of a picture that it wasn't even surprising to me. Like he <laughs> he really just has a way with words. That <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, so Harry here, I I do think he's a little bit riskier than some of the guys we're gonna pick in the next few picks, but I think he has higher ups than than those guys. Who's, who's throwing in the ball? Jordan Love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Or Trevor uh, Lawrence or Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Well, I can't necessarily get cut quite on board with that. Uh, but I'm happy that you uh, took him, so I can uh, go ahead and take Jerry Judy here. Uh, always love those SEC wide receivers, especially out of Alabama. I think he's got a lot of talent, uh, you know, and has the possibility of having the the draft capital that we all want to. So uh, we'll see how he goes, how high he goes on Thursday. But yeah, and this, and obviously it, most will debate that Harry doesn't belong in this tier, but I think this is the end of the next year. Lamb, Sanders, Jacob, Lambs, Jacob, Sanders, Acres. Judy and maybe Harry, depending on who you talk to. If you talk to me, Harry's included in that. <laughs> but this would be the end of, of the next year there. And, I, you know, Judy's expected to be, you know, in that top 13 as well. 
and you know probably end up going 104, 105 in rookie drafts. So obviously I like what I've seen from from Judy at the college level, and I I much rather not this is a hot take from dynasty community, but I'd much rather have him than his teammates Waddle or or Rugs. So yeah, I like a lot like Judy a lot. And with my next pick, I'm going to go back to the sophomore well, the uh, 2019 class, and go with a guy who I think is, depending on who you talk to, I, I think that he's being overlooked a little bit. That's Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel had a very good rookie season and was used as a weapon and, you know, excelled in that in that role. And some, some might say, oh, well, Debo Samuel is going to lose value when the Niners draft Jerry Judy at, at 13 overall. <laughs> uh, my response to that would be, Debo Samuel I, isn't the wide receiver one archetype. He's the weapon archetype. So I yes, obviously I'd rather the, the targets all go to Debo, but I don't think he's destroyed by adding another wide receiver in that core. Especially Emmanuel Sanders is gone now, so not that he was really there for that long. But you know, a team has to have more than one wide receiver, especially when it's not like a prototypical guy like like Samuel. Yeah, uh, I, I mean I think at least. I feel like he still gets a high enough, you know, ADP. That's not, it's not a hot take or anything. Uh, and, and he probably is fairly valued there, but I definitely think you're, you're right. Um, you know, he probably does end up dropping if they do take a, a receiver high like that, but, uh, but not by, not by too much. And I, I think he will be served by having another good wide receiver on that team. So it will probably end up just kind of, keeping him there but i'll take uh with the last pick of the first round jalen rieger uh out of tcu and didn't have nearly the stats just with uh, his offense not uh clicking quite as much not being as successful as uh where he probably should have gone at, at oklahoma uh, but i uh probably wouldn't have drafted him if he came from oklahoma so i'm happy that that he's from TCU there, and um, I think he's got the skill set to, you know, potentially have that kind of like AJ Brown ascension uh, if he goes into a, you know, a situation that he can end up surprising people, not have it necessarily be. Uh, I think he can prove something there, and uh, you know, if he goes to a, I'm trying to think of even one saying, Vikings Eagles. Yeah, but. I feel like he, if he goes to the right situation, not necessarily just with a lot of opportunity, but uh, you know where he's going to need to really prove something early, I think he can end up impressing enough that uh, he's going to rise up draft boards quickly. Well, Jalen Rieger might impress people enough to go in the first round of the NFL draft, but you know who always impresses us over at Rotoviz? It's our friends over at betonline.ag. With currently no NBA... NHL or MLB sadly you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack they're bringing Vegas to you missing the NFL no problem bet online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on that's right you want to bet on Josh Allen throwing to Stephon Diggs? You can do that with, with the Madden NFL 20 simulations. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, if it happens. Honestly, 
side tangent i'm worried guys that big brother's not happening this summer uh, i've watched big brother every summer for the last like 20 summers i don't think it's happening this year but you can bet on if it happens american idol is still going on stock prices that seems a little bit weird and nathan's hot dog eating contest if that happens all, all open 24 hours a day and all online promo code blue wire b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e to join today and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution yeah, you can bet on stock prices instead of actually buying the stock. So you don't have the transaction fees. There, there you go. That's one way to look at it. I am not a stock person. Uh, I am not a stock advisor, as the kids say. All right, now let's go to continue our draft. To Actually, we're going to get to more of these picks than I thought we would before going rapid fire. At 201, I'm going to select Terry McLaurin, who arguably had the most successful – I mean, actually not arguably. Probably had the second – best wide receiver season. I, I don't think you can really claim that he's better than A.J. Brown down the stretch, but he was the wide receiver one in, in Washington, and they are a team with many needs and not many draft picks. So honestly, I don't think that there's any going to be a wide They might bring in a wide receiver in the later rounds, but I don't see him not being the wide receiver one once again in Washington in 2020. They didn't bring anyone substantial in free agency, and he's going to have a developing offense with his college quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. So I, I like McLaurin a decent bit right now, maybe even more than I thought I did. Cause I mean, I wasn't actively pursuing him, but I'm not sure why I'm not. Cause he, he's not going to really get the competition and he's going to be the wide receiver one. So maybe he's a buy right now. I think his, his values uh, still up there too, where, you know, I'm not saying he's not something, somebody worth buying, but I think his value is probably at where, you know, whoever has him, probably feels the same way that you do that. But, but are people considering him an NFL wide receiver one? I don't think they are. Uh, no, I mean, maybe not quite that high, but I, I just, it still seems like maybe I should go. I mean, I probably should go ahead and throw out some offers. I say, say this, I've been uh, busy enough that I haven't really actually tried any offers. So let's mm-hmm. say what people are thinking without ever actually having tested it, but uh, it just feels like that, but it definitely may not be, not be quite that high and you're definitely right. That does seem to be what his situation is going to be. So. All right. Who you got next? Um, I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards Flair, mainly just hoping that he goes to a really good situation. Uh, that's going to have some opportunity. I think, you know, with his, uh, his skill sets, if he gets, gets the right opportunity, he's going to be able to really kind of blow up a little bit. Uh, but it's definitely somebody that's going to, He's going to need to go somewhere that's going to need to use him. So happy to wait till the second round in this one to end up taking him. But I think he's got the upside to be worth it here. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that, you know, he he's pretty much locked to be a second round of draft pick. I, I, I could see Akers falling out, out of the second round. I don't see Edwards Lair falling out of the second round. NFL teams seem to like him as his blocking and, you know, just overall ability. So, yeah, I, I agree with you here. I think that this is around where Edwards Alaire should go. And uh, next guy I'm going to take is T. Higgins. Uh, Higgins is a guy who I've pretty much liked since he was in high school. Uh, you know, five-star recruit over at Clemson, home of all wide receivers that enter in the NFL these days. And so, yeah, I'm a big Higgins guy, and I think that he's going to go, you know, top 40, top 45 in the NFL draft. And I think that he's – in my opinion, he's the third most talented wide receiver in this class. After Judy and Lamb, I think that Higgins is the most talented. The only argument over the guys that went over him is 
are they going to go ahead of him in the NFL draft? Like, which I guess is it just Rieger that we've taken? Yeah, Rieger's the only one that has been gone ahead. But so that tracks T Higgins is my wide receiver three, uh, and he's going wide receiver four in this draft basically. So from 2020 perspective. All right. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on Higgins? I mean, I I definitely think that yeah he's he's in a good spot here. I think my 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 next pick we we probably forgot about him for too long or something. Uh, we're gonna catch some flack for taking him this low, and but I I really can't even argue Higgins there. But I'm gonna go with uh, J K Dobbins next. Sure, we'll get some haters for having let him let him fall this this far, uh, but he's definitely I mean, got. Some, we we might, but like, and there there was two times in this draft where I was like, eh, I kind of forgot about him. And Dobbins was one of them, but like, if I'm really thinking about it, would I rather have Debo or or Dobbins? I'd rather have Debo. Would I rather have McLaurin or Dobbins? McLaurin. Higgins might be the only one where I'm like, eh, you probably could just take Dobbins there, uh, but maybe I'm just lower on Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, I just think it, it's almost like the Taylor situation. I don't think he's nearly as talented as as Taylor, uh, but just with that production in college, you, know, you really really can't argue that he's not going to be able to do it behind, you know, an NFL offensive line either. Uh, obviously he's facing NFL defenses too. So uh, we'll see how it, how it translates, but uh, you know, he definitely showed that he uh, is capable of hitting holes. So as long as it goes somewhere that is going to have those, then you know, there's, there should be no reason why he's not going to be successful. And with the next pick, I will take Henry Ruggs, who is the guy who's going to be one of the top wire, top three wide receivers taken, but I don't think that he is that good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that he's good enough to you know capitalize on draft capital here and be worth around a mid mid second round pick in this draft of 2019-2020 mixed. But yeah, I I think that the only way that he goes higher for me is is if yeah, I mean, is if he goes top those that top 13. But yeah, I think this is around where he belongs. He's a guy who has a lot of speed, but uh, I think there's some flaws in his game as far as, you know, route running and, you know, catching and, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the lack of market share is a little bit concerning, but then the people bring out, oh, well, they were playing rock, paper, scissor to see who was for a touchdown. So <laughs> you never really know with, with Alabama wide receivers with the market share, but I like rugs. I just don't know if, I don't know what, like, what's his, like, upside in fantasy? Like, it's... It, it, this is always the stupid comp, but it's like Deshaun Jackson. Like, when are you going to start Henry Ruggs now? Right. Um, but anyways, uh, who is your next pick? I'm going to go with uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, I think he's still in a good situation to continue on what he was uh, building last year. Uh, I think Josh Allen, you know, hurts his production a little bit with uh, taking some of the rushing touchdowns away. But uh, I think adding digs to that offense should only uh, help things and uh, hopefully just give him a give him give them a few more red zone opportunities to uh, let him still continue to get some touchdowns. And not, you know, even with Allen taking taking them away. So I think nine, nine, uh, or 18 is a good spot for him here. There seems to be some some worry about the Bills drafting running back. Do you not have that concern? I'm not that concerned. I think he showed enough uh, last year that if they do draft one, I don't think it's going to be that high where they're going to try to force him in early. 
and he was already either way, like still, you know, splitting some touches. So uh, I, I think he's still going to be able to produce what he, what he did last year. And just like, like I said, continue to build off that, especially if their offense gets better. Uh, I think it's even less risk of, of having some touches. Um, like I said, I, I mean, I do think that they, they take somebody, um, but I don't think it's going to hurt him that much as long as it's not like a, you know, rounder or something. All right. Next one, I'm going to take Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, Baltimore Ravens. Obviously had the huge game in week one against the Miami Dolphins <laughs> uh, that blew his dynasty stock up. And then pretty much the rest of the season was up and down with injuries. And, you know, he's also a big play guy that had his big games and the games where he disappeared. And I, I think that he's a solid like wide receiver three in dynasty right now. And I'm not sure what is if his upside is much higher than that, but also I think that he, he's solidly in that, that, that zone. I don't really see the Ravens adding a wide receiver early. And so Hollywood Brown obviously projected to be the wide receiver one in Baltimore continually. So, uh, and that's with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So yeah, I, I think that he's in a good, I mean, I know he's in a good situation and I know that he's produced enough in year one to show that he could be a wide receiver one. And that's why he's my draft pick here. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, he he does have that problem of being that hit or miss, so you never know when to really start him. Uh, but, uh, you know, the hits are probably weak, weak winners. So if you just go ahead and plug him in, he's probably going to end up uh, just absolutely winning you some games, and then hopefully you can rely on your other players when not. So, you know, I think his, his upside's high enough that it is worth taking that, that risk. So I think that's a, that's a good pick. I'm going to go ahead and take Kyler with uh, my next one. Take the first QB off the board. Uh, I don't remember where where it was that we started. I, I had to ask, like, wait, we were saying that this was not uh, uh, not super flex, right? Which I feel a little bit disappointed that that mm-hmm. wasn't the, uh, the default. But I, I felt like I remembered it that way. So just had, had to clarify. But, yeah, I think Kyler is only, especially with Hopkins, uh, only going to be able to build from last year as well and uh, just continue to improve. He already showed enough then, too, that I think any improvement is just well worth even in a single QB going and taking him in the second round here. Yeah, Cowers a solid pick here. The, the really only question is the value of the one quarterback, or the quarterback in one quarterback league. But other than that, I think he's well worth this selection. And with the next pick, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson, LSU wide receiver. Receiver projected to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Once again, this is, I mean, this is probably the end of, like, we've now taken all of the first round players other than Burrow. We've taken all, uh, other than the quarterbacks, basically. We've taken all the fir- first round quarterbacks in 20, I mean, first round players in 2020. So, uh, Justin Jefferson's that, that last guy. Obviously, the huge breakout season uh, with Joe Burrow at the helm uh, at quarterback with LSU. And I think he's going to go to the Vikings or Eagles, which is going to be a nice position for him to be in. And that's why I like him here. Yeah, I think he's definitely, you know, that whole LSU offense really, really blew up last year. Uh, but he definitely showed some some real uh, skill uh, on the field there. So he's uh, given the right right opportunity, going to be able to really showcase some of that stuff. So. Uh, my next pick, I'll take Brian Edwards. So 
of the 22nd pick. Uh, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Just still love my SEC wide receivers. I think he's got the the metrics and the, the size and everything to really be able to dominate. Just, uh, you know, we'll see again, at least when we're, we're getting to this uh, stage. I think he's, he's definitely got the talent, uh, got some talent, but yeah, he is going to need some opportunity as well. Uh, so it'll it'll depend on what everything, uh, how everything shakes out for him on uh, over the weekend. But I, I like Edwards, um, but I do think the injuries, uh, granted, I think that slightly Corona might have helped Edwards a little bit because the fact that he wasn't going to have a lead up to the draft because of his injuries. Well, guess what? Now nobody really had a lead up to the draft other than the combine. So. That might help him a little bit, stay in that day two range. Uh, if he goes day three, I don't really think he belongs here. But but I I, I do like Edwards as a player. I, I have him in several Debbie leagues. But my worry is just how much the injury will cost him from a draft capital perspective. Yeah, that's fair. We're going to close out with our last two picks uh, before we head out and say everyone should enjoy the draft. We have uh, 23rd pick, Joe Burrow, quarterback. I'm going to be honest here. Your next pick I would rather have than Joe Burrow. <laughs> I took Joe Burrow here because he's the number one quarterback in this class. He's the number one overall pick. And there's no there's no other player that I see going on day one. And, Mike, I mean, granted, I'm still going to take second and third round running backs and wide receivers over Joe Burrow in one quarterback leagues. But I think we've covered most of the ones that are going second and third round running back wide receiver. So with that being said, I'll take Joe Burrow. Uh, he goes to a pretty nice offense in Cincy with Boyd and A.J. Green if they keep him over the weekend. And so, yeah, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, it's fair. And like I said, at this point in uh, in, in our draft, even a single QB, uh, like I said, you're getting to that, that point where those uh, those QBs that should be producing from year one are going to end up falling off the board. So and then my uh, the final pick of this mock draft I just had to piss Dan off and uh, take no offense. And so make sure that we had, we had to have a tight end on our board somewhere. So yeah. uh, I definitely think he's got the potential to you know really break out this year instead of in a third year and everything. So we'll see how, if that actually plays out that way, but uh, I think if he does, he's going to actually be worth a, a tight end actually keeping and holding. So yeah, uh, Fant, I, I'd rather have him than Burrow. I'd rather have him than Edwards. <laughs> and I, I think that it it's a close conversation with Jefferson. kind of depends on where he goes on Thursday. But, yeah, Fant, he's, we talked about him on the tight end episode last week, that he is probably our favorite out of that, that tier um, other than Ingram. And so, yeah, I like Fant a lot, and I think that he is a great way to end this draft. Yeah, buddy. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Nice tradecast. Thanks, Justin, for hopping on with us. Uh, and uh, thanks for editing this podcast in a timely manner. <laughs> and um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to rate and review the podcast. Shout out to our uh, sponsors, Bet Online and Blue Wire. And make sure to check out uh, that Rotoviz uh, giveaway, uh, one free month of Rotoviz. This is bet. Honestly, if there's one month to get free Rotoviz, it would be from April 25th to May 25th. That's the month you want Rotoviz, right? Yeah, that's going to be the, the best time when you're doing your rookie drafts to already be prepared. I know I'm going to 
Uh, I've been so busy with work that I haven't done as much analysis on these guys as I wanted to. So now's now's that time for the the Rotoviz subscription to be able to really uh, for me to be able to lean on uh, before going to those rookie drafts to make sure I'm actually prepared for a real draft instead of a mock like this. All right, that'll wrap us up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you guys later. Kadoosh! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.